Angelo shoots it deflected right in. Peter Angelo save rebound. Nasty stop by Peter Angelo. I don't believe that save. Neither does Peter Nasty. He can't believe the save that Peter Angelo just made on him. As Frankie sparkling on that maneuver there to stop and rob Peter Nasty. He should get five to ten for that. Oh. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of Tendy Talk. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the BLPA Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week, I chat with a guest who has used his platform on the BLPA Big Show to pick on goalies and say things like we should pay league fees and just anything to make us feel bad. But Nick Fleehart has put his money where his mouth is and has played a few games in net. So, without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Nick. All right, Nick, thanks for joining me on the podcast. It's uh, kind of funny it's taken us so long to actually uh, get on together. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's been uh, been a few, a couple years now, eh? Yeah, and I mean, even before the podcast started going, we were, we were exchanging texts, uh, asking advice on how to do different things. And, uh, so it's, it's good to talk face to face. Hey, yeah, same for sure. As much as you can talk face to face in this, uh, digital age. Um, but yeah, thank been a busy week for you being at, were you in Columbus this last weekend? Yeah, I was in Columbus, uh, this past weekend. I was in Buffalo before that. And then I think Nashville was before that. And, uh, I mean, it's been, it's been a crazy ride this year for sure. And we, I, we don't slow, I, I have a weekend off coming up here and then then it's um uh let's say canmore alberta and then we also have one in dc the same weekend and then charleston south carolina and then minnesota and then uh oh where's that where's that austin texas and then <laughs> vegas so there's just so there's so many now yeah. so many you, you're going where your google calendar yeah. tells you to go right it, yeah basically i just I, I book all my flights at one time and then i'm like oh i guess i'm here this weekend and <laughs> Yeah, when, when the app tells you to check in for your flight, you know, you got to grab a bag. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Columbus, Columbus is a great city, too. It's a very under-the-radar cool city. Uh, I've been going there since I was a little kid. My aunt and uncle lived there. My uncle's a big Buckeye fan, so. Uh, well, <laughs> well the, hey, I, I love Columbus. I mean, they're they're probably, not even probably, they, they are the, the biggest supporter uh, of BLPA. And so we call it, we basically call it our beer, the beer league Mecca and we, yeah, we go there and I mean, it could have been our biggest tournament. Uh, like we had people knocking, knocking down the door trying to, but uh, the ice there was just, is just so hard to come by. And so yeah. we, were, we were only able to get a certain amount of ice. And unfortunately a lot of people got left out, but uh, I'm not a Buckeye fan uh, because I'm a Sooner fan. Yeah. So that, that kind of takes that, but, but I love, I love Columbus and I'll cheer for Ohio state whenever uh, they're not playing OU and I'll cheer for the Blue Jackets because they got, you know, my man Johnny Hockey uh, down yeah. there now. But uh, only when they don't play my team, of course. You know, I, every time I've flown into Columbus, we've flown over the horseshoe. And I swear it's an FAA regulation that to land in Columbus, you have to go over the horseshoe. It, yeah, they want they want you to see what they're most proud of. And, I mean, uh, Columbus a lot like Norman, Oklahoma, or the whole state of Oklahoma. Like, we're, we're proud of our college football team. And so yeah, that's uh, that, that's what they want you to see. And, it, and it's, a, I mean, I, I saw Oklahoma play there in 2017 when Baker Mayfield planted the flag right there in, in, uh, in the 50-yard line whenever they beat uh, Ohio State. But the, the thing I love about college football, I, I love hockey, don't get me wrong, but I love college football too because just the, the pageantry and the rivalries. and Yeah. 
uh, and all that. It, just, it makes it something special. And uh, until you go to one of the big, like a, a big rivalry game, like I got Oklahoma has one coming up this weekend with Nebraska, even though Nebraska is not any good. But um, I mean, you, you, there's just something special about that mystique and magic. And I mean, I grew up going to games uh, as a little kid, running around scalping tickets and making money. And, you know, I think I got offered my first beer when I was in eighth grade at an OU game. So my, my uncle is the kind of Buckeye fan that won't leave the house without a Buckeye nut in his pocket. <laughs> um, so he, he wound up marrying my aunt, I think I was in like the second, third grade. And so me being me, I uh, wore a Michigan t-shirt to his wedding oh, reception. Okay. And they've been married. It's a, over 30 years now, and he still has not forgiven me for wearing a Michigan <laughs> t-shirt to his wedding reception. So has he taken you to Buckeye Donuts? Uh, I think we've been there, yeah. Now, yeah, what they... he has done, he's a uh, beer kind of sewer like myself. So uh, when I was there last, we went to the BrewDog Brewery. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah that, that that was a fun one. We we ha- I hadn't been at his house for 15 minutes before he looked at me and my dad, and he's like, let's get in the car and he didn't tell us where we were going. We weren't even out of the garage yet. And I asked him, so how far is it to the brewery? He goes, how do you know where we're going? I said, well, I like beer and you like beer and dad likes beer. I'm pretty sure I know where we're going. He's like, yeah, it's about a 15 minute drive. <laughs> so, so have you been to our bar there? Have you been to our uh, bar? No. Um, so I have not. So I, I've really only been there once since I've been of drinking age. Uh, I went there a bunch as a kid. So, uh, yeah, I almost went to school there, but decided not to. Anyway, I had no chance to play hockey there. It's a complete, it's a complete hockey bar, right? It's, it's all hockey inside. Like they literally like one of the booths is, is a penalty box basically, right? It's it's a a crazy place. And the people that, that run that Michael and and Natalie Dar, that they're great people, huge BLPA supporters. As a matter of fact, when we said, hey, we're going to do this draft there, and they said, hey, it, I don't care what it takes. We're doing the, the draft here at our place. Mm-hmm. And they're just – it's a good people. It's a good bar, and it, it's right outside the arena, of course. So it, it, yeah. it, it makes I, sense, right? I'm sure my uncle and my cousins have been there um, <laughs> for sure. One of the reasons I chose not to go to college there was because at the time they only had one ice rink in the metro uh, area. Gotcha. Because okay. the, the Blue Jackets – uh, yeah, the Blue Jackets were in their infancy still, but they only had one rank. And it's like, no. So I went to school in Minnesota and kept playing college hockey and all that fun stuff. Uh, yeah, um, now, they, now they got a lot of rank. I mean, they got what, they five, five at least and, and six if you count the the one at the ice house where the where the, the Blue Jackets practice, which is where we played this weekend. Yeah. It's, a, it's awesome, awesome sheet ice. Yeah. So let, let's back up a little bit. You know, you mentioned you grew up in Oklahoma. You were a baseball player growing up. You weren't playing hockey. Nope. Um, when did you discover the game of hockey and why the heck did it take so long? I mean, listen, like I've always loved sports. Uh, I mean, I think that's kind of when I started BLPA, it was, I, I, I'm in hockey now, of course, but I wanted to be all sports and I grew up yeah. playing baseball and football. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what you do in Oklahoma, baseball and football. And so like in Canada where I live now, when, when they're little, you give them skates and a stick. And when I was little, they gave me a football and a baseball bat and said, go, go do your thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's not that I didn't know how, I mean, being a sports fan, like obviously I, I knew Wayne Gretzky and, you know, I, I knew, you know, Lemieux and, and Yager. I, I knew all those guys, but I wasn't, it, it didn't really interest me. The only, the only part of hockey that interests me is we had uh, the Oklahoma City Blazers, which is a CHL team. And we had the Tulsa Oilers and they were, were rivals on Thursday night they uh they'd always do 
uh, silver coin beer when I was in college. So we'd go just get, you know, we'd get, yeah. we'd get shit. Be, be college kids. Yeah. yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and we liked it too, because in the CHL, they like to fight. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what it was. And uh, so you had goalies fighting before the games even started. Like it was literally like slap shot. Like that's yeah. what it, it reminds me of now. Uh, but I mean, and then I, I went through college, played baseball. And then I, I met my, uh, my wife now and she was from Canada and, and I started watching hockey because she, she was watching, it was right around playoffs time. It was the, I think it was when the Oilers and the, and the Ducks made their, uh, made their run there in, in uh, 06 or something. And, and I remember watching it and cheering against, she, she rooted for the Canadian team. And I was like, well, no, I know the mighty Ducks, so let's do that. Uh, but then, then she brought me up to, to Canada for, for our first Christmas together. And her family basically gave me a hockey bag full of gear and said, you're going to play hockey. And I was like, no, I'm not really interested. I'm not really interested. I've never skated. And I got on the ice with um, my wife's cousin, seven-year-old kids. It was a birthday party and embarrassed the hell out of myself. But I was like, you know what? Yeah, this, this seems pretty fun. And, and then probably a, a few days later, I met Jerome McGinley. And um, he made fun of my accent. I probably don't have it much now, but when I drink, I have it a lot. But uh, he made fun of my accent. And I just, at that point in time, the New Orleans uh, Hornets were in Oklahoma City, the basketball team from, mm-hmm. the, from the Katrina. And those guys, like, they wouldn't even, they would, they would cross the street not to talk to fans. And here I got the captain of a yeah. major Canadian city, you know, bullshitting with me. And I just, and then that kind of just jump started the level of the game. I went, I went back home and uh, it, it still took me a little while because I, I lived uh, in Branson, Missouri. And so there's, you know, the ice rink's 45 minutes away. And so it took me a, a little bit to do it. And then I went, when I moved back to Oklahoma, uh, I had some buddies, I said, Hey, I really kind of want to try to do this hockey and just fell in love with the sport, fell in love with really the camaraderie. I remember going out for a couple, uh, stick and puck sessions and the OU guy, the University of Oklahoma players were were out there and, and they were just, they were trying to help you. Hey, try this, try this yeah. on the transition. And I was just like, holy shit, like I, I can't even stand up. And here's these guys that are playing college hockey just out here, you know, just like I'm one of them. And and that kind of jump started the camaraderie and then got into my first league, uh, played the Canadian Air Force. Our very first game got the crap stomped out of us, but they brought us in their locker room for beer after that first game. And I was hooked and I was like, oh, this was, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, you know, you talk about that camaraderie, and I've told the story in the podcast forwards uh, between my junior and senior year of college, and I was back home in Chicago, and you talk about accents growing up. I sounded like one of the super fans, and I've lost that accent since living <laughs> up here, but when, when I go back to Chicago, it starts to come out, and my kids laugh, but uh, I was skating, and the group ahead of us, uh, Billy Zito, the Florida GM, he was a player agent at the time. He had his guys out there, and they needed a goalie. They're like, hey you want to come early tomorrow? I was like, oh yeah, well, I wound up skating with them the rest of the summer. But once we got in that locker room, it didn't matter that I was this JV college Mm -hmm. goalie. I was one of them and the chirping back and forth, it it didn't matter where, where my skill level was. If, if it was good, they they loved it, you know, yeah, it, it it doesn't matter. And we even talked about it in the locker room uh, and, and the one guy said, you know, we're just all a bunch of blue collar, hardworking guys at heart. And so it doesn't matter what our bank accounts say. We're all this, we all come from the same place. Yeah. And I mean, and you get on the ice and you, you all have one goal, right? It, it yeah. is, it's just kind of one of those things. It, it transcends. Like I said, I played a lot of competitive sports growing up football. I mean, baseball paid for, for a lot of my schooling and, 
Uh, I even played some pretty competitive softball uh, after that and traveled around. And there, there's nothing like there's nothing like the hockey locker room. There, right. There's just nothing like it. I love all those sports. I, I, I still want to play. Like I catch myself driving around Calgary and I see some people playing softball and I just want to go out and shag fly ball. Like I don't even want to play. I just want to <laughs> shag fly balls because that for us, like in, in, in ball, like that was our camaraderie, like being at practice and just yeah. in the outfield. Right. But in hockey, it's just, it's a different beast and it, it, it it's, it's, it really is special and people don't understand. I, I can't do it justice as much as I'd love to talk. I can't do it justice <laughs> talking about you. You just have to come out and, and experience a hockey locker room to, to get it. And, but the thing yeah. about it is it doesn't matter your skill level doesn't matter where you're from doesn't matter what you do you come in there and you you fit you, you fit like a glove just first first time walking in absolutely now you know as you mentioned you're now up in the calgary area you you're a skater you're a forward yeah i am you know. a forward. um but peer pressure has gotten you between the pipes uh what landed you in the gold crease for a few periods um well oh geez. i mean i think we're going to get into something like uh, first off uh, there's this misconception <laughs> in the in the beer league community that I, that i hate goalies and nothing could be further from the truth no, it, uh, it's we've talked about it. it's the, it's the shtick where it, it, people have labeled you that way so rather than deny it you're like well yeah Goalies well, are scum. They don't pay. What's wrong with them? They, yeah. they don't skate. You know. <laughs> I, I think. I think. Uh, like, it, I mean, I think the humor sometimes is lost on on a few people. I I know I have a lot of goalie friends, obviously, because I you know I do a lot of beer league yeah. stuff, and I, I, some of them get it, and some of them don't, and it is stick and stick, and 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 I I love goalies, and we couldn't play hockey without them, uh, and but my response to that to goalies is like you also couldn't play hockey without players. I mean, what would you guys do? You would just stand at opposite ends of the ice and look at each other's gear, which is basically what you guys do anyway. Yeah. Well, but, uh, there's that great Steve Carell uh, video where he, he's practicing by himself. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if you saw when I put the video out. It was on my 40th birthday. I had the day off and my kids are like, we should recreate that. So we did that on the backyard <laughs> ring, frame for frame, that, that whole thing. That, yeah, that, I did I did see that. And, and you know, like, I think that that's the thing. Like, I, I for, for me, like I, I've been doing, you know, this beer league stuff and some media stuff for a long time. And I, and I know that some people are going to take some things way more to heart mm-hmm. than other people. And, but I also know that everyone needs a villain. And if I have to play the villain for the goalie, I, like I'll, I'll do it, but just know I respect all goalies. I've jumped in between the pipes when I was challenged. It wasn't pretty, <laughs> uh, but, but I've done it. And listen, I'm not like, like I've never won. I've never not, or I, I'm not a, a goalie that's never won a game. Like I played five games in my life and I'm two and three. And I think that's pretty respectable. First two games I ever got into, I took a shutout into the third and I thought, damn, this is my calling. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm just, I'm just a natural at this position. Um, and uh, I didn't get the shutouts of course, but I, I won the games like five to two, five to three or something, something like that. But then the next two games I gave up 11 and 10 goals respectively. And that's when I knew I couldn't be a goalie because those first two games when we were winning, like my team's patting me on the butt, telling me good mm-hmm. job, like they're all about it. But when I let in 10 and 11 goals, they wouldn't even look at me in the face. Uh, it, 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 it's rough. It's rough when you give up that many. So I, I respect goalies. I understand what you're going through. Uh, but uh, some someone has to play the villain and, you know, someone has to be polarizing. And I, I guess that that's just kind of what I've been labeled with. But just know for all the goalies that are listening to the show, 
<laughs> Nick from the Beer League Players Association. He does love you. You can hate me. It's okay. But I do I do love you. And I do think you should pay. But that's just me. That's my <laughs> personal preference. That's just, well, that's just personal. I, I'm glad you're not my team captain because we had our <laughs> first game last night and everybody had to pay him, but I didn't. Um, well, see, you, know, you know what's funny about that is like you say that, all the teams that I'm on, the goalie never paid. So it's like, and I was the team captain. So yeah. like I'm saying it, and and for me, it's always been, if if you expect to play for free, that's where, I think that's where yeah. a lot of, and, and you and you bring up the, oh, I pay this much for the gear. And I, like, I've even done comparisons in gear and it's, it, it's not as, as lopsided as one, one may seem. Not but, anymore. Like, no. Yeah. No. We, so we had a goalie that uh, he, he paid full price. Like he just came in and he paid. So we're like, okay, cool. Like. Spencer's yeah. a cool guy. He pays like no one's going to say anything. And then he came to me one season. He said, Hey Nick, I I'm going to have to to bail out of this season. I, I can't afford to play. I'll, I'll find you another goalie. I went to the boys and I said, Hey, uh, Spinny's, well, I think he lost his job or something. I said, Spinny can't play. He can't afford to play. And they're like, well, what the fuck? like we'll just pay an extra. I think it was an extra hundred. I think it was a yeah, hundred dollars, extra hundred dollars. So Spinny can play. And we're like, yeah, okay. And that went for two or three seasons, and he came back and said, "Okay, I can I can pay again." And we're like, "Just pay half price if you mm-hmm. want to feel like you're a part." Of it. And so for me, it's not even that goalies should or shouldn't pay. It, it is always to the team, but it's just the expecting to play yeah. for free because you're yeah. not like if you're good and you're gonna go out and win championships. And I don't even give. Can I cuss on the show? It's yeah, it's fine. Okay, <laughs> I don't even give two shits about winning at this point in in my career. I really only care how rad you are in the dressing room and you know, the jokes you tell and if you're a good yeah. person. And so if you have that, I don't really care. And if the team wants to front you, then th- that's the team decision. That's that shouldn't matter what I say. Well, and that's always been the thing with my beer league team. They don't charge goalies, but I've always let the captain know like, Hey, if need be, I'll pay my way. You know, he's like, no, yeah, you know, we're, we're happy we're you show sure. up. And when, when I can't, I, I, I find my own sub. I, when I uh, sprained my MCL and missed uh, three quarters of a season, I made sure every week we had a goalie. They, they didn't have to worry. They knew knew somebody was going to show up and tend the pipes for them. But on the flip side, and this is what I feel, if your team does not charge you, either you bring beer more often than not, and when you do, you don't bring the cheap stuff. <laughs> y- you bring something a little bit better. Uh, well, it's, it's none of it's cheap in Canada. Like he yeah. costs like 50 bucks a case. So it's basically anything you can bring, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it, you know, it, like I said, we're, you're all a team and it's, it's, it's a team decision. And for me, it's just like, Hey, you're a part of the team. Like if, if, if that's, if this is what, if the team says everyone should pay, everyone should pay. And if they say you don't have to, you don't have to, but see, it's different in Calgary. Uh, it, the, the leagues that I play in, you need a goalie more than, then mo I mean obviously you always need a goalie but you know if goalie misses a game well we just miss a game but in in our leagues like if you forfeit a game if your goalie doesn't show up you forfeit you don't only only lose that game you forfeited you have to give the game that another game to the team that you forfeited to because it's not their fault that you didn't have mm-hmm. a goalie so yeah. it's really I mean it's really important to have a goalie that will show up and so right and yeah. so that, that and you know even even in, on goalie talk like my problem isn't too much the goalies paying but the the rental goalie services at one point they just got out of hand uh here in in calgary uh like i remember going to a rink and saying hey can you can you sub for us like our goalie's car broke down and uh, he said oh yeah yeah i'll sub I'll, I'll be there don't worry and he comes our locker room and says all the way i'm subbing is if you rip me through the goalie service right now we're like but like no, like you literally told us you would sub, yeah. and you know, and so 
uh, I, I actually have more of a, a problem with the the rental goalie service than than the, the yeah. whole goalie should pay debate. Right. I, I I just want to say when I say goalie should pay, it's probably more for engagement than anything else because I yeah. know that if I if if it's a slow day in the BLPA. I get that. That'll get old, it going. Yeah. That's the old tried and true. I can say, God, don't you think goalie should pay? And then we'll have a whole day conversation. And it's, it's always the same. And I just sit back. I'm like, all right, there we yeah. go. Get, get it done. Any way to start a firestorm in the BLPA <laughs> is talk politics, religion, or goalies paying. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even, I don't even tell, like the politics and religion. Yeah. Like I, it's, it, that's one of the things like it, it, goalies paying, like, at least you can you can hey, give sound arguments, but the hey, other we, stuff, no one. We has all to. believe in God late in the game when we have a slim lead. <laughs> yeah, just please, please don't. I'll pray. I'll do anything. We don't know which one it is, but we all believe in one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so you, you play those five games in goal. What surprised you surprised you the most about the position? Uh, you know what? I mean, I I knew this because I always hear people saying uh, like how much you actually skate in in yeah. in, your, in your little area. Like there's yeah. a, there's a ton of skating. I don't think people, pe- people realize that. I mean, cause you look at like, let, let's see how I came up and, and found out about hockey was the mighty ducks. Yeah. And who did, who did they put in that? They put the fat unathletic guy in that. Yeah. Like, oh, put him in goal. Even big, in the you know? new one, they have the fat kid in it, that. Exactly. And so like, for me, the one thing that if, if you were coming in and you want to know what's one thing that most people don't know about goalies, if they're not goalies, you have to skate a lot and you, you do have to actually be, somewhat athletic to succeed in that position right as yeah. a beer leader i mean I, I was just talking to uh steve carroll a local goalie coach who you know he was saying the same thing is how much skating is involved in the position but it's different skating so much of your skating in a game is north south and ours mm-hmm. is east west mm-hmm. it's, it's just sure. different skating yeah and it, I, yeah just like the push like the you, you don't until you like actually get in and try to go into a butterfly and stopping the first shot i feel is, is pretty easy like it, that's an easy thing to do but well you weren't part, playing in my game last night because no, they were okay. all like tic toe passes <laughs> it was a beginner it was a beginner <laughs> with hockey, okay? this is, uh, but you know like the first shot is is a fairly easy thing it's straight yeah. on straight coming to you but then if you let a rebound like to have to find it and then make your way to that is where is where it got me yeah no mm-hmm. totally um it, you know at the youth level at least at mites, they make every kid play goalie. But you get a lot of kids that start playing after mites, and I, there's so much value to having a kid play the position, even if it's just in practice, once or twice, so that they understand what's going on. I remember in high school, uh, you know, we would have scrimmages on like Christmas Eve or something, and I would always skate out and let one of my teammates play. And it was always funny after that time they put my pads on their attitude towards me. They weren't, they weren't taking those headshots and warmups anymore in practice. They weren't shooting the puck in the net for when I wasn't looking they, they changed a little bit. They had a little more respect for the position. Yeah, I, it, for sure. I mean, it, it, if I, if I, I mean, I always respect the goalies. Like I, I said, I, I'm going back to saying like, I respect goalies. <laughs> I just, I just want to put that out there, but you definitely learn like, you know, for me, like before playing goalies, like just God, cover the cover the damn puck like why don't you cover the puck but then you don't realize how hard it is to actually find that like if the puck's just laying around you, you know your pads like you have to find it's hard to find the puck in 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 all the chaos that ensues around the net right so uh yeah i mean i think it, it definitely helps p- 
people, especially if you play defense, which I also don't do that. Um, <laughs> it kind of helps you see like what the goalie sees. So you can say, oh, you know, as a goalie, you know, this is what the goalie is seeing. So as a defense, I can kind of adjust what I'm doing out there at, the, at that time. Yeah, no, it's it, all good points. Um, so let, let's switch gears a little bit. Now, the way I found you was through podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get started with that? And why did you think, you know what, I'm going to get myself a microphone and I'm going to start talking and people are going to listen to me? Well, one, I never thought anyone would listen to me. Uh, I thought my mom, maybe. Uh, yeah. I, I knew for sure my wife would listen to one and make fun of me, which is basically what happened. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess, I don't know. I have a passion for for sports. I, I, yeah. I have a passion. And uh, what I was doing then was was a little bit unique in terms of, you know, the job that I had that a lot of people didn't get to see. And what happened is I was hosting this tournament and I, I put our first one ever in, in Seattle. And I just happened to come across a guy named Steve Miggs and Miggs is a goalie, by the way, and he is on one of the biggest morning shows, uh, a DJ in Seattle. And we just, we struck up a friendship and, and through it, he just said, you know, like you have the personality, you obviously like to hear yourself talk like me. And uh, I think you, you could do something in this. There's nothing else out there like it. So, you know, just grab a mic and start talking. And as long as you, you enjoy it and you're entertaining yourself. Don't worry about all that other stuff. And so I, I did, and it just kind of all fell into place. And, and here I am, I started that first one. I remember Canada day, uh, 2015 was our very first one. And I go back and listen to those, uh, you know, just kind of when I get in a rut and, yep. and I'm like, I should, uh, what, and why am I even doing this? And I'll go back and listen to them and be like, man, I've come so far in, in, in everything, in every aspect. And yeah. it's just, you know, it's just one like it, it's just kind of for me like I, I hate to say like artist uh, or anything, but it's it's just kind of a way to express myself. And now I can use it as kind of a a sounding board. And and you know now that I own my own business to kind of you know test the waters on some of my ideas because I I, always, I have so many ideas like I have yellow notebooks full of ideas <laughs> that I want to do and and so I'll write them down and I'll circle back and then I'll I'll mention them and if I can get some engagement around it, then I can say, okay, maybe there's something here. Yeah. And if I, you know, people just make fun of me, I, I usually still try. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'll just try it until I know that there's no chance it, it'll happen. But, <laughs> um, and so it's just a way for, for me, like, you know, to share kind of my knowledge and something that I don't think every, everyone gets to see like the behind the scenes of running a, a 300 team uh, adult league mm-hmm. or, you know, running these tournaments that people just see the outward uh, product of what I do. And that's obviously the tournaments and, oh, you're living the life and I want that job. And I agree. It's a, it's a great life and it's a yeah. great job, but there's a lot more that goes into it than just me showing up, drinking, laughing and playing hockey. Right. Well, and what the, one of the things I actually think about when you're going all around is, you know, you mentioned your wife and, and your son, it's like, yeah, it's, it's awesome going playing hockey every weekend, but it's also taking you away from the family. And then you get you know, the, the late night FaceTimes with, with the family to say mm-hmm. goodnight and things like that, because, you know, I've had to travel for work and yeah, it's, it's fun being gone. And like you said, uh, you know, the happy hours after work and this and that, but there's the trade-off. It, it's, it's all glamorous to a point. Even NHL players go at some yeah. point, it turns into a job. Yeah. And it, and it is like the NHL people, I mean, that is a negative, like who doesn't want to get paid millions of dollars? Now I'm not yeah. making millions of dollars thousands of dollars, I guess. Uh, but it, it, you know, the, the trade-off is it, it is my passion. And yeah, you, some, sometimes you, 
you find what you think you're meant to do in this world. And I think this is what I'm meant to do in this world. And so th that's, that's a, a driver for me. And then, you know, when I go to these tournaments and I see these people get excited when they score their first goal or just the smile, I haven't had this much fun playing hockey and how long, and then I can think back, like it hasn't been that long. I've been playing for 10 years. Right. And so mm -hmm. I can still remember my first goal and what I felt like that. But then I, I do have a five-year-old and he's to the point, like he just started kindergarten. He's like, dad, why are you always gone? Don't, don't leave. And you know, that, that is, that is hard because I, I want to spend time with him. And, and I, but at the same time, I'm doing this for him to provide for him. And also to say, Hey, his name's Cooper. Hey, hey Coop, if you have a dream and you have a passion, then you, you can do it just by working as, as hard as you can. Yeah. At it. I, so I feel like if I don't do it, then I can't, I can't go to him when he's old, you know, older and he's like, Oh, I have this and say that, you know, you can do anything you want to do as, as long as you, you have the dream and, and the work yeah. to do it. Now I just had a thought, you know, have you thought of a, a tournament? It, it would kind of kill the idea of the whole drinking beer all weekend, but have you thought of a tournament where you have the adult tournament going simultaneously with like a peewee tournament? So you got, mom and dad there with the kids and all of them are playing hockey. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually have, like I have this idea. Uh, obviously we have the beer league players association. Yeah. Uh, we, we wanted to do the root beer uh, league players association uh, and it was a draft, but it was, it was kids and parents playing at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you got to play. Cause for me, like what I, when I, when I see these tournaments and I see uh, father, son, son mom you know father daughter yeah. and they get to play on the same team it just makes me think how i wish i would have played hockey when i was younger and i wish my dad would have played hockey because i could think of nothing better than sharing the ice with my dad in the locker room yep. or my mom and so i'm like how can we make that happen and i've explored it the hard part is getting kids out with adults and having beer involved and insurance wise is the hardest part yeah uh, but i just when you talk about camaraderie and I hate saying family, I hate when businesses say, Oh, our customers are like our family. Uh, but family is a, a big aspect in the sport of all sports really, but it, it, it is for sure. Right. Cause even, even when you're playing beer league and I know that we just meet once a week and we play at 10 45 at nighttime, but the, the people on that team are your family. Like, I mean, you go on vacations with these people, you, you, if you play on Wednesday, you might be going to a barbecue with with John and his and his wife on Saturday, and and so it does become your family, and so family is 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 so important to the sport. And when when I when I'm old and, and my parents are gone, I can think of nothing better to remember my father or my mom by is that oh I was on the ice with them and I remember this time we we did this, and so it, for me I, that that's something I want to make happen. It's just logistically. The shitty part about owning a business is you have to treat it like a business sometimes, yeah. right? And you want to just go out and do every idea that's in your head. But then, you know, my wife or, you know, my friends uh, that, that help me out, you know, they have to kind of pull me back and say, hey, <laughs> yeah, like you have to think about this other stuff, you know? That it, yeah, it's funny because again, last week talking to Steve, you know, I asked him, have you thought of having like a weekend goalie clinic for beer league goalies? Um, and he's like, yeah, all the time, but it's the insurance. Mm -hmm. insurance is the issue is like 
you're the first goalie coach I've talked to that's actually said, that's the issue. Yeah. And he's like, I would love to do it, but it's the insurance part of it. And I was like, okay, but you know, to your point, you, you get the kids involved. And then if, if there is beer, which, you know, I'm, I'm willing to guess a lot of the parents will go, okay, if it's a beer free weekend, you know, we're, we're still going to bring our Gatorade and stuff and we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think, I think so, but then, I mean, hockey is kind of one of those, I guess softball is like this too, but hockey is for sure one of those sports where, you know, you have a cold, you just have to have a cold one afterwards. Right. Yeah. And and I'm not saying like beer league kind of gets a negative uh, rap when I, when I say it to businesses, because they think that we're just a bunch of drunkards. Right. Just getting shittered on the ice. And that's not, I mean, sure. It does it happen. Of course it does. But uh, that's not for for us. Beer league is more of a term of endearment and just kind of an all encompassing thing that, that just says, Hey, it's just, it's just a bunch of adults yeah. and, you know, we, we hang out in the parking lot of the, or, or the locker room, but I, yeah, I mean, insurance is, is definitely a, a killer and it's the same way with women's hockey, right? Like it's uh, for, for women, it, it's hard for some of them to play with, with men, uh, not because it's not equality and all that stuff, but men and adults are just bigger. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're just bigger. So you have a 230 pound guy falling on a 140 pound uh, girl or woman, it, you, you can hurt people yep. and that's and that when i talk to women because i for me it's always like i always want to have the conversations and so one, one conversation i you know i, I always kind of have with women is in calgary uh the saha which is the women's league like they play the early times and the guys get the late times and i'm like well like if we want to all be equal why are we all playing at the same time together and that's the thing is like hey we we would love to but if you fall on me yeah it's going to hurt a lot more than, than me falling on you. And, and, and I get that part. Right. And so like, you have to think about that, but I, I mean, I still, like, I can remember when I was a little kid and, and, and I still do it in, in minor hockey, like the dad, the, the dads will play the kids. Yeah. The father's son game. Right? Um, but that's a, that's a big memory. And if we can, if I can get that happening in, in the draft concept, because for me, the, the whole draft concept isn't even about the hockey. I guess hockey is, is second. It's, it's more the social atmosphere. No, I, I, I do think you should explore the idea of the draft concept where parent and child cannot be on the same team. They it, must be on mm-hmm. opposing teams. Well, that's, well, that's what I mean. <laughs> I, that's the, probably the number one question I get from beer leaguers is, okay, I want, I see all this social media stuff. It looks like a blast. I want to, I want to be at this thing, but I want to play with my friend. Is that possible? And I say, well, it's not impossible, but I can't guarantee it because yeah. the, the draft, I mean, there is some, you know, there's some ethics with the draft. I can't just say, Hey, you go play with him because then that, that just throws off the whole right. randomness of the draft. I can, if you're different skill levels, or if we have a, a lot of your skill level, we can put you in different rounds. But part of the fun is that you come to these and you don't play with people that, you know, right. You make new friends. Exactly. I've played it. I, I know, you know, Landon from soda stick and I, I played yeah. in his uh, soda stick hockey classic. And that was part of the, you know, part of the fun was getting to meet, Yep. new people on my team and remember the first year uh, we had two gals on the team and we had a couple hours between our last game and our championship game and you know most people were drinking and I, i'm so bitter that my team which wasn't sponsored by the brewery <laughs> almost, just about everybody got shit faced and then the team we played sponsored by the brewery came to the game sober i was like <laughs> how does this work out but th- there were two girls they were friends and they were just drinking drinking and the one friend's like all right all right, you need to stop because we got a game in 90 minutes. And if you want to be able to skate, you need to stop now. And I'm in the locker, you know, 
locker room. They come walking in. The one's just upset, like, I can have one more. She's like, no, you can't. You're too drunk. And she looks at him. She goes, am I too drunk? It's like, I just met you yesterday. I really don't know your tolerance, but you seem like you should stop. <laughs> but it was just like, at that point, you know, it just kind of looked at me like we've been longtime friends. Um, but yeah, I just had another idea because I, I had uh, Jen Lee, the goalie for the U.S. Paralympic team on. Have you thought mm -hmm. of having a, uh, it would probably wind up being a, I know you did the veteran tournament, but have you thought about doing a warrior tournament for sled hockey? I think, I think that would be a very interesting thing. Uh, it, it would be, I think it'd be cool to get some of us players that aren't in sled yeah. hockey to, to do it with them. But I've tried sled hockey before. It's not easy. No. It, like you literally, like I always joke, like at these drafts, like I'm, I'm tired in warmups. <laughs> uh, but like this one, like you, people don't realize like how much endurance and stamina it takes on your, just your upper body to, to yeah. go around the ice. It's just, it's hard, but I, I think it would be a, a pretty cool. I mean, I think the hard part is, I mean, look at our group of 23,000 beer leaders now, mm -hmm. and we struggle filling up tournament. Like we're, we're like, we're going to be in Minneapolis and our numbers are really low. And it's surprising to me that, that we are really low in, in the state of hockey, but it, but it's just the same with, with sled hockey. Like, how would you feel that that would be the one thing that would concern right. is how would you, how would you fill, fill that kind of stuff up? Uh, Cause we have struggles even with 20, you know, 24,000 beer leaguers around the yeah. North America. So. Well, when you told me you were having troubles filling up the Minnesota one, my first thought was, uh Oh, did he schedule it for deer opener weekend? <laughs> was it deer opener? No, I don't think it is. No, because a deer opener is usually around my wife's birthday, which is in uh, the beginning of November. But yours, the Minnesota one is October what? October 7th through 9th. 7th through 9th. Yeah, the first weekend. When Let I just me look. It. Let me see when the Wisconsin deer opener is this year. Yeah, 7th through 9th. Because we're, we're close enough to uh, Wisconsin that they, they do cross the border. Yeah, so, uh, and, and we're doing something unique for this one as well. I mean, we're doing a team tournament and, and yeah. a draft at the at the same time. Yeah, great, great segue. So the, the draft in Minnesota, you know, like you said, it's the seventh through the ninth, um, and it's the youth deer hunt in Wisconsin that we so we yeah. don't care about. We don't care about that. <laughs> yeah. um, if if we can't shoot, we don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so the drafts for those that aren't familiar, explain the drafts. So, so basically, I mean, the, the draft is just kind of a, a unique, I guess it's not even unique. Like I see so many people doing drafts, but basically you sign up as an individual and we make a theme for every tournament. You sign up as an individual and then we take all the skill levels of the players and we make draft rounds like you were in the NHL draft. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you are in the draft where like no one knows, unless you just know the players there, you don't know what the ringer round is and you don't know what the beginner round is. Mm -hmm. But the theory is every player in your round is a similar skill to you. Mm -hmm. So every team is going to get one ringer, you know, one beginner, and then a mix in between. And then if, if you take it and the theory holds, then you have a, a tournament that is completely equal in skill level. And it doesn't always work like that, but just look at Columbus. Like I played on a team and uh, Saturday we were zero, two, and one. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, we were on our road to last place. Uh, and then we came out and we beat the best team Sunday morning 
to go to the gold championship and then won the championship. And so, you know, for us, like I, I, I always say, like the hockey is not the, the main concern. Sure. That's what we're there for. We love hockey, but it doesn't really matter. We all make a championship game. Right. And, and what are you winning at the end? You get to take a picture with a, a banner and you get a gold. Let's see. I have one there. Then you get like a little gold medal. That's a bureau. Yeah. Right. So uh, at, at the end of the day, like it's, it's more about the people that, that you associate it's the memories. with. It, it is. And, and. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger, bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You know, we were talking about it just a second ago, but my favorite part is when I see people that meet new people at tournaments, and then you can kind of see like their friendship growing through like our group, our BLPA. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you see them and they're on like a family vacation together or they're, you see them like, Hey, I'm going to the tournament in Minnesota. Uh, which one are you going to? Oh, I can't make Minnesota, but can you make Boston? And like, yeah, let's do Boston together. It's, it's, a, that's a, that's probably the best, the best part of, of the group and the tournaments for me is just seeing people build those lasting relationships with each other through it. So you simplified the draft a little bit and it's, it's not as simple as, okay, in this round, these are the players available. Yep. How, how do people pick the players for the next round? Uh, well, I mean, in true beer league fashion, you chug beers. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's usually Or, what we do. as you pointed out, if you are sober, there is the non alcoholic option too. We've but done, you still we've have to chug. Yeah, you have to chug something. Uh, we have, we've had Gingerel, and then we've had some people that have some other issues, and, and, and we've done water. And we listen, don't come up and tell me you, you got to do water uh, because you think it's easy. Uh, but if you have a minute, we, we take care of you. We, we want everyone to have a good time. And a lot of people are concerned about, oh, I don't chug very fast. So I'm going to screw my team over at, at the end of the day. Uh, That's part no, of it. Yeah. No one remembers and no one cares really, to be honest with you. And, and so, but yeah, so usually what happens is usually the goalies are our first. And what we do is we, we, they all have, we all, we all have pretty cool jerseys. I, I have to say, I'm, I'm very happy with how our jersey designs have been turning out here here lately. And so the goalies chug a beer and, and how they finish is how they get to pick their jerseys. Um, and it is still random. Like they still have to pick a random card. And so they don't just get to pick the one they want. And then, because I found it's way easier to score on drunk and hungover goalies, we then make them chug a second beer. And uh, they chug and that's how they pick round number two. And then round number two will pick round number three till we get all the way through and, and the teams are picked. And then we'll bring each team up individually uh, and we'll give every player another beer and then we'll do a timed boat race. And that's how they pick their schedule for the weekend. So obviously that's the important one because usually yeah. our games start at eight or nine in the morning. 
and uh, you don't want you don't want the later nine. I mean, I have to be there anyway, but uh, I don't want to play at eight or nine. No, no. So, so where I'm gonna guess the draft tournament uh, for Minnesota is across the street at Invictus. Uh, we we actually haven't nailed down the the bar yet. I actually that's on my list to yeah. finalize tomorrow. Invictus is definitely on the top of the yeah. list, and I mean, I mean it's across us, the street, so yeah, it makes I sense. Mean, we 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 take the party wherever we go, so we've done them at the rink before, and we might have to do it at the rink too, just because you know if we're running a team tournament. Uh, yeah, you know I, I got to be there for that too, and I want to be so it, it's it's just one of those things. But I think Invictus is definitely at the top of the list if they'll give us some space. But I, I think that they'd enjoy having us for sure. Yeah, like I said, it's right across the street. They do have a little – might not be big enough for, for your group, but they, they do have a little room there. In fact, I'm bringing up my beer league schedule to see where I'm at that weekend. Yeah, we, we got a 10 p.m. game that night, which now I know why we were skating at 10 p.m. on the 9th. Uh, it's because of you guys, not not the uh, 540 right, game. <laughs> not the 540 game I've got next week. <laughs> um, so – you. You've got the draft tournament going in Minnesota, but unlike most of your drafts tournaments, you have the BLPA bash going too. What are the BLPA bashes? So, so the BLPA bash is just, hey, I, I get uh, that every, not everyone's going to like the draft concept. And so we mm-hmm. do the traditional team tournaments too. But for me, the key is you, you try to take that social atmosphere that you get at the draft and infuse it into a team tournament. So mm-hmm. It's it's just it's a traditional team tournament, but on Saturday we do uh, uh, we call it the barbecue kegger. Basically, it's we, we provide beer and food all day, and people you know we we encourage people to just sit outside with other teams. Like don't sure hang out with your team, but bring your other team over. And, and you know, and, and to be honest with you, Minnesota is is kind of where I started cultivating uh, the idea for the this solo cup tournament, the, the walleye shop actually. Oh, is yeah. where I started, and, and just having that whole. And so I've always been chasing creating my own walleye chop and it's sad that they're gone but but i'm trying but upset a lot of people but i'm trying that that's what we're trying we're trying to run that for them right and so if we can if we can get some success and and some teams into this tournament then i i I can take a case to them and say just let just let me do it like let me you you have no liability let me rent the ice i i think i can do i mean i've done you know 50 team tournaments I know 100 teams is double that, but I, I think we can control. I think we can make something really good and, and fun and have people come out and have fun. So even if you're unsure about the BLPA and you're local and you like the walleye chop, come out and support this one so we can turn it into, uh, you know, bringing the walleye chop back. Yeah, and it's funny. I, I had teammates that uh, would play in that, and I, I hated walleye chop weekend because half my team would come walking in the locker room for a 10 o'clock game. <laughs> Three sheets to the win. I'm like, I'm just going to get peppered tonight. Uh, you know, and it didn't matter if it was supposed to be a team we should beat. It was like, it doesn't matter. All bets are off because half the players are just drunk. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you've you've been to the walleye chop. And the walleye chop was at the beginning of the season. Red Solo Cup was around this time of year. And they had co-ed division. They had, you know, guys division. They had female division, they had upper division, lower division, tons of teams there. And you'd have people with their RVs out there. You'd have people camping. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just people set up sitting in the parking lot all weekend between games. And that's what people loved about it. It was just the getting together. I, I, I know some of the uh, women from our college team when I was there, they would kind of have an alumni gathering every year for it. And oh, that was cool. their one time a year. They would, they would get together for, you know, the walleye chop. 
yeah, that's and it's sad that it's kind of gone away just because of whatever reasons. But I, I mean, I would love to at least have the BLPA involved in in in, in reviving it a little. I mean, I, I literally my favorite part of that whole tournament and is I can remember sitting there and they brought us out because because of the podcast that I was on and we were out there just feeding people shots and sticks and then we're just sitting around and we have a little campfire going and then we just hear and a little zamboni remote control zamboni <laughs> and the door pops open and it says have a free beer and you just reach in and have a beer and there's just a team and i was like wow this is rad i love this it's it's incredible yeah. so i i hope we can we can kind of get i mean like i said registration for both has been pretty low uh, surprisingly to me in minnesota I and mean, we've tried a lot of things so uh, anyone that's in the area, like we, we probably have about a week before we have to, you know, make some drastic decisions. Yeah. I've been seeing the sponsored ads on social. I, so you're, you're getting, you're getting we're the getting word there. out. That's for sure. Yeah. So hopefully we can get in. I've tried to been working with the rink, but I, you know, like I said, I think a lot of it is the rink yeah, rinks a business too, right? They, yeah. they want to, they want to lessen their liability and I completely, completely understand and get it. And like I said, sometimes beer leaguers get a bad rep just because there's beer in the name. And you know, I, I didn't even it. pay attention yesterday when I went to the rink, have they put any signs out around I, the rink? For I mean, I, I sent flyers, uh, you know, I, I've sent, uh, I think his name's uh, Pete. I've sent yeah. Pete uh, some flyers and he, you know, he said, he, you know, he'll, he'll spread it around. And so, you know, that, that's basically, you do what you can do. And yeah, and uh, I'll have to do. check when I go there on Saturday since, I'll, I'll be of uh, more sound mic because it's not so late at night. It'll be light <laughs> still when I get there. But uh, I, I know they sent the email the the uh, league every now and then. I'm surprised they haven't sent an email out saying, "Hey, you know, in yeah, their he, newsletter." Yeah, he said he said he, he said he had, and I, but you know, I don't get it obviously. So that that uh, may have gone to the team captain, so too. Yeah, yeah it was, I'm not yeah, a team yeah. captain, so okay. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I don't I don't want that responsibility of collecting <laughs> money. <laughs> yeah, collecting money, but you know, and that's another thing. Like when you talk about goalies and paying, I if goalies aren't going to pay, I don't think team captains should have to pay either because it's a pain in the ass. It's a lot yep. of work. No one understands how much because you're the liaison between the league, and not only do you have to hear the league you know, and their complaints and what you need to do and not do, but you also have to listen to your players. Then you got to collect money from them. And it's just team captains are very definitely uh, not respected enough. In, they, in my opinion. they are. I know up here we have the hockey finder league and I think the team captains. So everybody for hockey finder, it's kind of a cool concept. Mm-hmm. I know hockey finder. Yeah. You, you know, you register as an individual and they just kind of spread people every year. So you're not on the same team, but the team captains, they, they get a break every year and they get a, a gift as well. You know, I think one year they got like uh, backpacks, you know, to, some, to okay, something, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. But it's like, yeah, they, they know it sucks. So they, they take care of those people yeah. because they want them to uh, to keep doing it. And I, I sub every now and then for Hockey Finder. And it, it, it's interesting that that was a Hockey Finder skate where, I'm sitting in the locker room before the game and the one person offered me a pregame beer is like, well, yeah, I, I find I play better when I have one beer before the game. It calms me down. And she tosses over a stout. And I just Ooh. looked at her. I was like, do you want me to stop pucks tonight? <laughs> like I'll drink it after the game, but I'm not drinking this before yeah, the game. Yeah. You have to have like the pregame set of beers and the, and the postgame set of beers. There's definitely an art form to it. Nothing too heavy before the game. Yeah, like a, either right before a game or right after a game is when a good, cheap, light beer is perfect. 
Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> but it's like oh, once you're on the parking lot, then you bring out the nicer craft beers. But it's like, yeah, d- don't be tossing me a stout right before I get on the ice. Now, it was delicious. I will say that. I drank it <laughs> after the game. It was amazing. I, I like my stouts. Um, you know, the one thing we haven't talked about yet is your podcast, the BLPA Big Show. Um, the quick elevator pitch, how would you explain the podcast? I always explain it as, you know, it's a bunch of beer leaders just talking draft experience shenanigans and, you know, life around. The yeah, I, it's, I think it's an extension of the locker room. So it, basically anything that you'd hear in the locker room yeah. in the parking lot, that's what our show is about. And it's it's really just trying, for me, like, I, I love going to the rink. I hate leaving the rink and I hate leaving it because uh, I know, you know, I, I could be bullshit with my friends some more. Right. And so yeah. we try to take that, that idea to it. And, and it's, it's evolved a lot. I mean, there's a lot of draft talk because I, I do a lot of them. Right. And that's, that's my experience right now, but we're working like I just, I actually was in uh, Minnesota as a matter of fact, uh, I flew, flew from Calgary to Minnesota and I was on, it was after the, uh, oh, what's the James Halinki or what's the, what's the, the, whatever the big scouting event that was here in, in Calgary uh, uh, just a, a little bit ago. And all the scouts were on my plane. And uh, so I get to have a conversation with a couple of scouts and I've talked to a couple of them and coming on my show. So I, I, I definitely want to start adding a, a few interviews in mm-hmm. and, and, and not necessarily like, you know, you, your, your show is basically, it's a goalie centric show and you talk right. about people's experiences. I want to talk about things that uh, that beer leaguers normally like. I'd like to talk to an agent, and I'd like to find out all the inside information, and, and not even like the stuff that people know. Just you, you know, just just talk about the questions that we have as yeah. beer leaders towards an agent. Yeah. Or well, you know, what's yeah. the weirdest thing you had a player want in his contract? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and just some stuff like that, and then and then even with the scouts, you know, get to the nitty gritty. Are you ever going to show up at our beer league games? We need to know this. Yeah, because we got we got a lot of donkeys scouts. that think you are. Yeah, <laughs> scouts in the stands, and so I actually have a funny bit idea. Like I have so many ideas about bits, but one of them is I, 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 I know a couple of those guys, right? Yeah, those guys, those guys. We, uh, yeah, you know them, and and yeah. I, I, softball guy. We all yeah. we all know them. <laughs> yeah, you always you always hear oh, there's no scouts in the stands. But I want to actually put a scout in the stands, and I want him to do a scouting report of Daniel Daniel. <laughs> French Canadian goalie that puts up 15 goals in the beginner division. And then I want to, then I want the scout to go into the locker room and tell Daniel his scouting report. I just think that would be fun. <laughs> um, and so like, I, I, I want to take the show in that direction. Uh, but yeah. right now with, with what I'm doing, uh, time is at a premium. And yep. so, you know, to be able to, to put all that stuff into play, I, I, I think I'm transitioning into a part where, you know, as, as we keep growing, hopefully we keep growing you know, I'll have to infuse uh, some more staff, or at least a staff. You know, I'm the only staff right now, but uh, to infuse, you know, some people in there that can take those responsibilities off to, so I can, you know, focus on that stuff. Because I, I do love the podcast and I love, I love sharing yeah. my experiences with people. It just, you know, when I just flew in tonight uh, back home, I got to see my kid for an hour before we put him to bed. Now I'm jumping on this. And after I do this, I'm going to have to go start editing photos. Uh, and then tomorrow I'm going to have to, find draft venues and design jerseys. Yep. And so, you know, as you, uh, yeah, as you keep going, you, you try to find ways to kind of plug some stuff and, uh, but I'm getting old and tired. No, I, I get it. I mean, I work my 40 hour work week. I, I play hockey and, you know, I, I have the family, my kids are in different activities and 
and then, oh yeah, I got this podcast and you know, it's, it's not as simple as sitting down for an hour, hour mm-hmm. and a half talking to people. There's the editing that goes into it. There's yep. the social side of it. And I'm just doing a small portion of what you do and it's time consuming. You know, there's those days I'm sitting there going, you know, if somebody could pay me what I make at my 40 hour. Hour, oh yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> rate, I would do it in a heartbeat and I could turn this into something awesome, but this is my hobby. This is my side yeah. gig. And, you know, to your point, it's the extension of the locker room. Yeah. And, and, and also extension of what I do, right. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's what I do. And, and, you know, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, that part of yeah. editing the, and, and just the social aspect for me, because I, I guess I like I I don't ever think that like oh people people know me or, or but I, I I have a lot of conversations through my podcast and for for me I've always felt even when I when I first started doing it, I remember saying to myself if people are gonna give me their time to ask me questions or talk to me then I, I have to give them my time like it's the only right right and so yeah you kind of get that takes up a lot of your time like the social people don't understand the social the like the social interactions that go along with these probably I spend way more time doing those than I do podcasting or, or doing that uh but and I'm not saying I don't like it I love it but people don't realize that all that stuff comes with doing a podcast and people seeing you on on, mm-hmm. on your BLPA group or at the tournaments and so uh, you know a lot of people don't they just don't realize the time and that's one portion of the podcast is kind of letting people know like this is what I'm doing this is the behind the scenes so understand that it's more than just you know, me talking yeah. on a microphone. Well, in the time thing, I mean, it, it it was magnified this summer for me because it was like, I, I try to put a new episode out, episode out every week. Well, and then mm-hmm. on Mother's Day, my mom passed away and I just, I didn't have the desire at that point to talk to somebody about mm-hmm. hockey and the time. And then when I did, it was like, well, now I got to make time for it. And I kind of got yeah. used to not doing it. So it was like getting getting back in the saddle and doing it again. And, oh, on top of that, we had a few house projects going as we explore a possible move down to Nashville. So it was like, huh, when am I going to record this again? Yeah, but I now, now that all settled down and, you know, winter is coming here in Minnesota. So all those outdoor projects had to be done. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, I mean, you and you're just uh, you, right? So yeah. I, have a, I have a co-host, Jason. And he, uh, his schedule's crazy too, right? So now we have to find ways. And, and I've kind of, like I said, I've taken my foot off the gas a little bit just because I, I have been so busy, but I know that I need to start, you know, hammering it back down. But we also have another show, like, obviously, you know, you're part of our, our network and the other ones that you're around, like we have another show called the BLPA Roundtable where people came to me and said, Hey, I, I have an idea for a show. And I'm like, if you can commit to it and do it, then cool. And so that's another part of the BLPA is growing that, that content base, because I, I know like I'm not egotistical or so egotistical that I think that I'm the only one that has a voice in beer league. Like I want, I want to have a, a new show every day. I want to have content. Like we're working on the beer league magazine. That's going to be a, a publication that's going to go out to anybody that wants it. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much stuff just to reach beer leaguers and let them know really that, Hey, you have a voice. That's because that's where this started for me. Yeah. Have, having a, a voice for beer league. Cause I, I noticed that, in hockey, especially hockey, all the marketing dollars of Bauer and CCM and whoever else you know wants to sell the hockey players goes to the high level player and it goes to the kids. And here I am thinking, shit, I'm the one spending all the money. Like I'm, if I have a kid, he's gonna wear what I want him to wear. So 
why don't we have a voice? Why don't people take us more serious? And so, you know, just let them know that beer, like we're important as beer leaguers. I know they don't really care about us, but we are important and we have a yeah. voice and, and there's a lot of things yeah. that, that don't, people don't realize our point of view is important. Yeah. So let me give you a way to share your point of view. Well, and, and we're the ones that have the, the wallet, not the kids. 100%. And I think I, I've, I've had so many conversations. I've had conversations with Nashville. I've had conversations with Anaheim Ducks about, I, I get what you're trying to do. Like you're trying to fill your seats. I 100% mm-hmm. agree. And so you're trying to, sure you love hockey and you're trying to grow the game. What you're trying to do is you're trying to grow people to buy seats to your sporting events. I, like, let's not. Yeah. We're not, oh yeah. It's a business. Yeah, we're not stupid. Like, you don't, let's not pretend that we don't know that. But why are you only marketing to little Johnny who's seven years old? What can he buy? Yep. He can buy nothing. But guess what? Nick, his dad, can buy little Johnny everything he wants. And so why don't you market to the beer league segment? Because, you know, if you turn me into a beer league player, then when little Johnny wants to start playing sports, guess what I'm going to put him in? And guess where little Johnny's going to want to go when he's playing hockey? He's going to want to watch hockey games. And, hey, Bauer. Mm-hmm. If I'm wearing your stuff, guess what? I'm going to buy a little Johnny. He's going to have a Bauer stick. I'm not going to let yep. him go to CCM, right? So, uh, you know, it's just a whole, you know, flipping that on, on its head. And, and I get it. Like, you see, you know, obviously Johnny Hockey wears, you know, whatever, Warrior gloves. So all the little Johnny Hockey wannabes want to wear Warriors too. So I get having to spend that money to promote to those little kids. But, hey, we're important. Our beer leaders yeah. are important and, and, you know, we need a little respect too. And that's what the BLPA is all about. It's like, here we are, we're, we're a huge group of people and we can, and not even just getting marketing dollars from companies, but we can change the world by well, doing that, what we do. That's where, you know, I'm surprised there's not more companies like Arsenal where, you know, they came up with the hot, with the composite stick for the beer leader. Yeah. Not, not for the kids, not for, you know, the, collegiate or junior players it's the beer leader it's a good quality composite at a price they used to be involved with us i haven't heard from them in a long time i don't even know if they're still doing their thing uh, but i know that when covid came it, it, it kind of it, it hurt them yeah uh, a bit. uh but uh, like i literally i was l- looking at my stick i i, I usually just get free sticks kind of tossed to me uh you know on the regular because of you know, what i do but I, I grabbed the stick that I like to use and I was just, I was sitting on the bench, like taping my stick and I'm like, Hmm, I have this brand new Bauer and I have this brand new CCM, but I keep coming back to this Arsenal stick. Like I just like it. And it, 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 it yeah. for me, it, it only cost $179 and it didn't cost $329 what the, or $399 now for all these sticks. Right. So uh, they need more people like, I mean, you need more people that, hockey's expensive as it is just paying league fees you shouldn't have to pay right. 400 for for a quality stick so uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the arsenal uh fellows you know I, i've played against andy and ran yeah, into him in tournaments and, great guy, yeah. and, and i i always chirp him going when are you going to come out with the arsenal goalie stick because <laughs> i want to composite but i want to pay those prices and he's yeah. like ah we're working on work it's like trust me when when we get one you're going to be the first to know. And, and like, come on, Andy. I, I even had him on the podcast because what few people know about Andy is he was a goalie in his younger days. Um, oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, I, I haven't uh, talked to him in about probably about a year. But, yeah, I, I was uh, this summer, I think I was going through Twitter and just kind of sent him a r- random tweet like, hey, what, yeah, what, what you up that? to? Because they, they were never very active on Twitter. But whenever mm-hmm. I would send him a tweet, he, he would usually – your back but uh 
yeah, we, we first played against each other in that first Soda Sick tournament, and we were going back and forth the whole time to where it was no surprise that we faced each other in the opening game of the tournament with uh, mm-hmm. the amount of back and forth we had going. Yeah, I mean, and they're good guys. And uh, for me, like yeah. I always say, and I always say, like, as beer leaguers, we got to support people that support us and, and they support beer league. They support the crap out of beer league, really. I mean, they do. That's what, they're, that's what they're for, right? So, yep, they do. All right. So, you've listened to enough of my episodes. Uh, sometimes I wonder if you do because you couldn't remember who Eddie Belfour was that I had him on the <laughs> that's podcast. Just, that's just goalie stuff. Yeah. I, was just talking about him, I was talking about him the other day in your, your episode. It, it revolved around drinking, but I'm like, yeah, we yeah. should. It should be, we should get the hockey yeah. booze. Like, let's not mess around with regular stuff. Let me like, grab it here real quick. Because I had him on, I mean, he even sent me a bottle of oh. his uh, whiskey there. Well, how do you like it? So uh, I, I'm not much of a whiskey drinker, but you know what? This stuff's good. It, it goes down. Really? It goes down smooth, and um, once it's available in Minnesota, I'll be picking up more. Yeah, I mean, he, he has that, and then there's like the high stick vodka, which I think he's up in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I mean, you try to you try to gravitate towards that stuff that you know, especially you know, with w- what we're doing is. You want to support those little guys that uh, that are kind of trying to break it in. And obviously, Eddie Belfort is not a little guy, but no, you know, in in terms of just trying to use hockey as a, as a vehicle to promote the game, promote what they're doing, and so I love seeing stuff like that. Yeah, um, but as you know, I, I end every episode with ten questions, same ten okay. I've asked every single guest. And the first one, and this can go back to your baseball days too, because baseball coaches are pretty crazy at times. What's your craziest coaching moment from your playing days where a coach just lost it? Actually, you know, it, it wasn't crazy. It was actually me as an umpire and, <laughs> and a coach. And I remember it, it, it was little league. It was, it was girls softball. And this, this girl's team was just beating the hell out of the, they beat the brakes off this other team. And I'm just like, God, what a bunch of jerks. Like what's going on this coach? He, he looked down there and then finally I had to walk up to him and I, I said, Hey coach, like, what about taking uh, taking your foot off the gas here? And he, he pulls down his sunglasses and he goes, that's not how we were taught, was it, Nick? And it was a guy that I grew up playing baseball with my whole life. And we were on the same team. Didn't even realize it. And I'm like, you're right, we didn't. So, uh, so I was just like, okay, get, carry on. Carry on. Keep, yeah. keep going. Tendy Talk, yes. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of different hockey podcasts, the new flogging Molly uh, album and finishing up the game by Ken Dryden on audiobook and it's been great one of the reasons it's great to listen to because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it Raycon's everyday earbuds look feel and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge trust me Raycon gives you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Some of the best features are the three customizable sound profiles, the noise isolation, and the awareness mode. I saw just this weekend one of my favorite Instagram DIYers, Philip or Flop, uses them as well. Go to buyraycon.com today and use code THPN to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's 
Code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com. Code THPN15. Uh, so the next question, what's your favorite all-time goalie mask? My favorite all-time? Well, I mean, it has to be uh, 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 Ryan Miller in the Olympics with the Uncle Sam. Uncle on Sam? The, yeah, with the flexing. I, yeah. Just because, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm American. I live in Canada. Yeah. So everyone thinks we're patriotic, egotistical assholes up here anyway. So uh, you always, like, I, I just, I love the country. And, that, and I, That's just to say, no, they would be destroyed in a fight. <laughs> just, just like, like i see the differences like we were always taught as growing up like hey america is great this is why this is why and when you when you get older you realize that you know some of that stuff was more propaganda than it was true yeah. but uh, i like i still love where i come from and i you know i think we get a bad rap with the the egotistical uh overly patriotic thing i just think it's hey like you know this is this is how we are and this is how you are and you know i, I try to tell canadians like you guys are safe here because you got the biggest, baddest military yeah. right below you, and we don't want anyone, you know. When it when it's because of you that you win two world wars, then you can be that way, <laughs> you know. Back to back champs. Yeah, undefeated. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say Kipper and his great uh, skull mask being the the Flames fan, but yeah, you know, that, that Ryan Kipper. Miller Vancouver mask was pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I love Kipper, and I, listen, I still think Kipper could play the game today. And uh, but I'm happy with Markstrom, but we had a pretty a pretty bad run of goalies up until mm-hmm. up until we signed Markstrom. Uh, but yeah. Kip, Kipper's just one of those guys where he he's you always hear goalies are weird. Goalies are yeah. weird. they're just weird. And Kipper is just weird. Like the, all all he wants to do now is smoke cigarettes and fish. Yeah, like I don't even think he wanted to play goalie when he was in the NHL. I think he just wanted to smoke cigarettes and fish. Like it. And so I like I love Kipper. I love that attitude. And there's been some sightings of him around Calgary, but I, I think it's kind of starting to be more like Elvis sightings. I think they're fake, <laughs> but they're like, oh yeah, I saw Kipper doing this and this. <laughs> Funny. Uh, so what's your favorite rink to play at? Now, this is interesting because you've been to a lot of them. I've been to a lot of them. Um, I, God, there's so many. I mean, favorite rink I've, I've been to is Tokyo because I always wanted to play hockey in Japan. Uh, so, But it wasn't anything special. But if we're going to talk about like a special rink, it is uh, the Richmond Oval in Vancouver. And the reason it's special is because uh, it was used for Vancouver Olympics. Uh, it was a brand new building. It was where they did the long mm-hmm. uh, long track speed skating. And it's just like, it's a gorgeous building. Like the ceilings are like 50 foot high and you look up and it's, it's made out of like old, there's like a pine beetle infestation. So they had to get rid of a bunch of trees and instead of just burning them, they refashioned it into the roof for this place. Oh, cool. And it's two Olympic size sheets that's surrounded by uh, glass. You have to ride an elevator up to the uh, to the rink surface from the locker rooms. Um, there's basketball. There's it, it's it's a beautiful facility, and I I like it because of the elevator because I wanted to fill that thing with fog one time. Like I get a fog <laughs> come out. Never made it happen, but I will eventually. But yeah. it's just it's it's probably one of the it is the most beautiful the most beautiful rink I've I've ever seen I've ever played on. I haven't got to, to go out there uh, since uh, probably 2019. But it's, it, I mean, it's it's a it's an uh, unbelievably gorgeous building. Now you, you talk long track uh, speed skating, and you might remember the name from from our youth, but I, I think I'm a little older than you. But uh, the American speed skater Bonnie Blair, yeah, she's from Champaign Urbana, where the University of Illinois is. Oh, okay, and they used to have uh, a billboard just outside of Champaign, and it was the uh, Illinois State Police, and she's 
you know, skating by yeah. one of the radar and they said, this is the only speeder we will uh, let get by us. You know, <laughs> just kind of like a slow down billboard, yeah. but it's like just a fun little uh, marketing campaign with the yeah. Illinois State Police with, with the local Olympia. Right. Yeah. In fact, the rink I worked at in high school, we had the North American Short Track Speed Skating Championships, which sucked because we had to take all of the glass down from around the rink. And those things aren't light. Um, but like Apollo Ono was there skating. I got to see all those. And it was titled the North American, but it was really a world short track speed oh, okay. skating championship. Why they, they, they didn't have a good explanation to why, is, why they call it the North American because they opened it up to everybody. But yeah. it was really cool to just see these world-class speed skaters. and like, So fast. Yes. Yeah. Well, and yeah. like they're just coming in and out. Nobody like took notice of them but we had them at this random rink in the suburbs of Chicago for a week. It was pretty yeah. cool. Well, I think that's why a lot of pro players like to play in places like uh, LA or, or even Florida where yeah. no one really knows them. They can just kind of go like they're superstars in their own right, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so what, what is your favorite stick that you've used? The favorite stick I've ever used the yeah. Easton S19. Okay. I, when you started with Easton, I thought you were about to say the Synergy. No, not the same. I like that one. And then I, my very first ever pro stock stick was a, uh, it was a Bauer X60, but it was just a repainted uh, XXXX. Yeah, okay. Boxes. And yeah. that was, that, that was a close one, but that one only lasted about uh, 10 games before it gave out. But I just, I love the feel of it. I never was able to find another one that, that I liked, but uh, yeah, yeah Easton S19 I used for a long time. We all come across that stick, which is, we love the feel of it. And you can't explain yeah. it. It's just like, it's, it's the right stick for me. And unfortunately, that one for me, they stopped making uh, about 22 years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That's another base. Like, base made some custom sticks, and I really like those. And now, I mean, I don't know. I haven't heard from base. And however, I don't think they're doing any, anything. But they, they always had a, as a matter of fact, they had, I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was the Savoy. Uh, but they had it and they sent out an email one day saying, Hey, we're going like, we're going to get rid of this one, but we have enough material to make some without graphics. And so I ordered like 20 of them and <laughs> I'm down, I'm down to my last one. And so I, I don't think I'll ever be able to get another one of those. Yeah. I, I, I used to love the Bauer reactor five goalie stick. It was just a great stick. And so many goalies I talked to that use it. They're like, Oh my God. Yeah. I remember I was talking to Ron Tugnut and he's like, I used that stick. It was great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you didn't play youth hockey, so I'm going to change this one up a little bit and say, what's your favorite hockey memory? Well, I guess my, oh boy, that's a, I mean, I, I keep going back to Japan. Like I, I for me, I'm, I'm a big goal guy. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I set goals and then I, then I try to reach them. And you know, what's weird about this goal is I just had started playing hockey and I, uh, I had, I had a, an emergency appendectomy and I, when we got out of there, uh, I'd probably been playing for maybe a month. And I, when we got, when I got out and got healed, my wife just said, um, so what's the deal with Japan? I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? And she's like, well, they put you on the morphine or Demerol or whatever it was. <laughs> and all you talked about was playing hockey in Japan. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I have no clue. And then I was like, well, I guess now I got to go play hockey in Japan. And so that was, <laughs> that was 2009. And then in 2019, uh, or no, 2008. And then 2019, uh, I made it happen. Uh, and I went over there and played and now I can't wait to get back. So probably my favorite, you know, just landing in Japan and, and 
I remember walking through Shinjuku, which is like the red light district offside of Tokyo, but it's a, a touristy place too. But I saw this kid in in uh, with a hockey hockey stick and a bag, and here I am with my hockey bag, my <laughs> hockey stick, and my suitcase. And he he was a Japanese kid. He didn't know any English, and I, I don't know Japanese. But all I I just pointed and I said hockey, and he said hockey. <laughs> and that was all I needed. So I, I thought that that was probably my best my best nice. hockey. So. Uh, so w- I can only imagine the ones you've heard, but what's the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off oh, the man. ice, directed at you, not directed at you? Um, I mean, I'm, I think one, like when they just come kind of out of nowhere. And I think one yeah. time I, <laughs> uh, I, we started calling people butt babies. Yeah. I remember butt that babies, butt babies. And like, oh yeah. Well, we, <laughs> You're born out of your mom's ash, piece of shit. Uh, so I think that's that's one because I, I think it catches people off guard a little bit. Uh, that's that's probably one of the funniest one. I, I, I even even in baseball, like I I don't remember like I just kind of have this thing where I can, can tune out all the all the stuff that's kind of talk in, in serious in serious games. So you know, in drafts, there's not really much chirping. You know, than you know, we our Jeff Peck who. Well, the is chirping is always in the locker room from your own team. Yeah, exactly. Like Jeff Peck, like we give him, you know, the gears on, you know, all he does is toe drag and he takes too long shifts. Never passes. Uh, so, yeah. So like, like I can't remember really any competitive games where I can remember, uh, I can remember, I remember one time in, in high school baseball, a, like a guy threw at me and hit me. And then as I was walking down the thing, he just gave me a little cry baby. And then I, the next time I was a bat, I, I hit a dinger on him. And when I was walking around the bases, I was just giving the old crybaby. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, the chirping is, is one of the hard ones. And I, I've asked a bunch of pros that I've known, like, what's the what's the best chirps? And they're like, we don't even, we can't even pay attention. Yeah, like, unless oh, they, we're well, they, Some of them know. Um, yeah. So Sean Podine, he won a uh, Stanley Cup. And I, I've told this story too. He won a Stanley Cup with Calgary, or not Cal, um, Colorado. And he wound up being traded from Colorado. In fact, he's known for keeping his skates on for like 24 hours because he had a broken foot and he knew when he Ooh. took it off, it was going to hurt. Um, but uh, he had this dog that he absolutely loved, Buddy. And so when he was traded, I forget where he was traded to, but first game playing the Avalanche again, he's skating by the bench. And one of the guys is like, hey, Sean, Buddy's a homosexual. <laughs> and he's like, and I heard this not from another hockey player, but from Sean's cousin. Uh, was one of my neighbors. And he's like, Sean was just like, that made no sense. It's a dog. Like, but it just, it just caught him at where he's like, what, what, what the heck? He's like, I had to just go to the bench and get off the ice. Cause I, it just threw him off. Yeah. He's like, that was a good one. They just, they knew how much he loved his dog. So they just say, you know, yeah. And he's yeah. like, and rather than just say, hey, your dog's gay or something, they had to like be very formal. Like, yeah, say, <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, that, that's a good one. Uh, w- one of my favorite that actually came hurled at me was from a ref, my first high school varsity game. First shot goes in, first shot of the season. Ref comes up to me, p- picks the puck up out of the net, stands up, looks at me, goes, well, you got that one out of the way. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. He's like, yeah. yeah. Let's let's see how the rest of the game goes. Yeah, I want to play good the rest of the game, but it's like, huh, you got that one out of the way. It's like, thanks, stripes. Uh, so, what's the worst post game beer you've had? Oh boy, um, I, I had a I had a guy, and listen, I love chocolate milk, and you know I like beer. Uh, so, but this guy said, oh, we'll combine them, we'll combine them both, and we'll have a chocolate milk beer. 
it just i just remember like drinking it and it, it had a okay flavor but my stomach was messed up for like four days afterwards like it just wasn't uh so now i won't do any activity and drink chocolate milk beer although there was one in pittsburgh that i had just at a bar a chocolate milk beer and it was really good yeah. but i would not drink it before or after hockey so yeah a good chocolate milk stout um which i, I don't i used to brew my own beer so mm -hmm. I know a little bit about the brewing process and why they call it milk stout. I'm not entirely sure, um, but you add lactose to it. And I think mm -hmm. that's why. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, the, a good chocolate milk stout. But yeah, after a game, it, it's got to be a while after the game. In fact, yeah. there, there's a um, brewery here by us, Dangerous Man. They got a peanut butter cup stout. It's like drinking a peanut butter cup milkshake. Ooh, it's amazing. Um, yeah. After a game, not so much. <laughs> not going to drink that one, but any other time I'm all over that chocolate milk or that uh, peanut butter cup stout. Um, when you tape your sick, you go heel to toe or toe to heel. Heel to toe. I like, yeah, I mean, I do, I do heel to toe for sure, but sometimes like I don't score many goals and sometimes I'll be like, if it's been a while, I'll just start doing weird stuff. Like I've done it. Like I've, I've not put any tape on it. I put the one strip one time I put out a fire with my stick and the tape was burnt and, and then I scored a goal. So it was, it was incredible that, that that happened. So, uh, but usually if I'm going to tape it, it's fast, it's just hill to toe and be yep. done with it. Yeah. That for goalies anyway, is the majority. So you, you, you might be more of a goalie than you realize. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite number to wear and why? Number 10, Chipper Jones. And you still haven't gotten them on the podcast yet. I've, I've tried. You know, I try. I've done like my. I tried to. I tried to go to a field one time with Chipper Jones. I remember my buddy brought me out, and I was on the field at a Cardinals game. I, I and I had this big ball. I wish I had it here. It's a big official Major League Baseball, and all I wanted, I, I had it for like five years. I just wanted Chipper Jones to sign it. I tried to get on the field, and it it, it didn't it didn't work. Uh, and I tried to go see him again, and it didn't work. And uh, then when I start a podcast, the number one thing I say is the one thing I want to do is I want to interview Chipper Jones and I, it, I just can't get it. And I listen to maybe it, maybe it freaks him out. Cause like my screen name is Nicker Jones, which was my nickname in high school because I, <laughs> I walked into a, like a careers class and the cheerleader, I was late and she goes, Oh look, it's Nicker Jones. And it just kind of stuck. So it was like my AOL screen name. It's my yeah. email address. And, All right. We're uh, showing our age now when we talk about our AOL screen. Names. Yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> Uh, and so like, it's always been Nicker Jones, but, uh, for me, like, it, like I'm literally looking right now, I have a Trevor Jones lunch pal right here. And, uh, and so it's all, I've always just been number 10 and it just kind of carried over. And, you know, one day I hope if I can keep growing the BLPA to where we're, we are a force and maybe that's the only reason I'm trying to grow it into a force is so I can interview Chipper Jones. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe you got to start going roundabout and get a guy like Ryan Sandberg on. He seems to be a uh, pretty fan friendly these days. Not only supporting uh pot dispensaries in Illinois. Yeah. You know, I mean, for me, you know, and before, before the Braves, I was a huge Cubs fan. Like you know, I loved Ryan Sandberg. The Superstation. Yeah, I loved Andre Dawson. The Hawk was, was my man. He was great. Will Grace, uh, or Mark Grace, sorry. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, but WGN, I, that's where there were so many Cubs fans, but then TBS was always showing the Braves. And then my second little league team was the Braves. So then I just switched over to like, yeah. Oh, I'm just a Braves fan. So. I, I had a cabbage patch kid doll that came with the Cubs uniform and the, 
thing had its name change like every week. It was Rick Sutcliffe. It was Mark Grace. It was Ryan Sandberg. You, Joe Girardi, Jody Davis. You know, it was like whoever was my favorite player of the week. Yeah. That was this Cabbage Patch Kid's name. But Sean Dunson, we went to a Cubs game, me and my dad. And uh, we were standing outside Wrigley along third baseline where the players used to park, which is now some corporate office that the Ricketts family built. Um, and Ryan Sandberg comes out, he walks straight to his car. And at the time we're all kind of like, oh, he's kind of a jerk. Well, it turns out teammates have said it wasn't that he didn't like fans and you see it now. He loves the fans does everything he can as an ambassador. He was just so focused on the game and he didn't think about the fans. It's like, okay, I can buy that. Cause he, he wasn't a jerk to the fans. He just didn't go. He wasn't like Carlton Fisk, who's a great a asshole, but a great ball player. But Andre Dawson stood out there for almost two hours signing autographs and finally got to the point. He's like, I haven't gotten to all of you. Didn't get to me. He's like, but my hand hurts. I can't sign anymore, guys. Was The guy stood out there for two hours talking to yeah. people. And, you know, he was just awesome. I got Sean Bosky's autograph that day, though. <laughs> I, um, I can remember with that big ball because I remember Brian McCann came over and he's like, do you want me to sign? I'm like. Nope, I just I just want Chipper and even Chipper, like he said, I'll be right back. And then he never came back, and I was like, ah, okay. hate when I'll, that happens. I know. I even tried to get my dad to like uh, my dad and his his buddies owned like this big construction company, and I was like, well, don't you don't you guys need to like get some tax write offs? Like you can pay for this charity hunt, and I can go hunt with Chipper Jones <laughs> for twenty thousand dollars. And uh, and I'm like no, like they're like you don't even like hunting. And I'm like, yeah, but I would just sit in the tree stand and talk to Chipper Jones. And he's like, Chipper Jones likes to hunt. He's not going to want you just sitting there talking. And I'm like, right. I guess you're right. But the point of hunting is quiet. <laughs> but um, when I was hunting, like I, I've been on, I've been hunting twice. And I went one time, black powder, 15 minutes in the stand, killed a deer. I went rifle, 10 minutes in the stand, killed a deer. And I'm like, what? This isn't, this isn't hard. This is too easy. And then the third time, I didn't see anything for, I, I think I was out there for four days and didn't see one thing. And so I was like, ah, oh, this sucks. I don't want to hunt anymore. I've been, so I grew up in Chicago. We had to go to the zoo to see cows. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't hunt growing up. I didn't fish. You know, when I got to college and kids were like, you don't fish. It's like, we had one lake and you didn't want to eat the fish out of there. <laughs> um, but when I met my wife 22 years ago, my father-in-law, he's a hunter, fishes, all this stuff. He has threatened to take me hunting for 22 years, but we've yet to go. So I think at this point, I'm pretty safe. Now, safe. We've done shooting and stuff like that. And I, I've surprised him with my shooting accuracy and proficiency with the gun. And he's like, huh, didn't expect that. He's like, well, I am from Chicago. We got to know a thing or two. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've yet to go hunting, but I have enough friends that do that. I, I always get good uh, venison every year if I want it. And we, we've get, even got a couple of restaurants here, here nearby that all they serve is wild game. So that, oh, that's really? nice too. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I, I just really want for jerky. Like I love jerky. Like you've seen, probably seen my jerky yeah. reviews and stuff. And I, I just, I, I just want it for jerky, but you know, then I just, I'm, I'm also not a fan of waking up early. So being in a few stand before <laughs> yeah. the sun's up is not my idea of fun. My in-laws used to have a hobby farm. They had like 20 some odd acres and they had this awesome gnarly tree at the back of the property line that like it went down into the ground and came back up. It was mm -hmm. just cool. And my brother-in-law would go out there every deer season. And it was great because the deer would follow the fence line at, at dusk. You'd have like 25, 30 deer walking by. My brother-in-law would go out there, sit in the tree all day 
and we could always tell when he was about to fall out of the tree because he fell asleep because he just starts going you know, <laughs> and jerking back and we're like, uh, uh, yeah, there he, it, it was like a six foot fall into oh. like a bog. So it's like, he fell on yeah. a cushion. So it wasn't, yeah, so but it was always there. funny that it was like, oh yeah, there he is. He's going to fall. Never, he never <laughs> got the deer when he was hunting out there. But it's like, <laughs> what, what, why do you even try? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. Um, so the last question, what advice do you have for young goalies? Oh boy. Well, which one do you, do you want Nick the villain or Nick the bull? Nick the, <laughs> Nick the villain is pick another position. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I guess a, a real, a real uh, piece of advice is, listen, I know you love being goalie, but, but try both. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like, just like as a skater, I, I would tell skaters to go try goalie or one of the big ones is go try to be a referee yeah. because you, you see things differently when you, when you, when you try different stuff, don't get stuck in, in just the rut, even playing baseball, playing all the other sports. I, I'd always want to try different positions. Like I was never a pitcher, but I wanted to pitch just to see what, what pitchers were thinking, uh, you know, when they, when they were up there yeah. pitching, I, I can remember pitching in high school and just getting lit up but i just want to try it like let me let me have a game like it's a summer game it doesn't matter let me and i just got lit up but i could kind of get in more understanding of you know that that one-on-one so i always say you know try it try as many many of the different things as you can don't just get stuck in oh i'm just a goalie or oh i'm just a defenseman uh or, or i'm just a player i don't need a referee or, or whatever like yeah. try, try it all figure out you know you, you can probably learn a few things or and you might find something you like better yeah well we don't want goalies find something they like better than goalie but i'm with you i started as a squirt if i wasn't playing i was skating out and that was invaluable to me one it helped me with my skating because as we said earlier north and south versus east and west you become a stronger skater Mm -hmm. and you start to understand the game better uh you start to Mm -hmm. understand the systems better we're, we're in those meetings of going over systems but it's very easy to just be like i just gotta stop the puck i gotta follow the puck i don't care you know, about the, you know, strong side wing or, you know, the side overload or the umbrella, any of that. It's like, I don't care. But once you do skate out, you start to understand it a little better. If your defenseman's not covering your back door, maybe you understand why he's where he's at versus where you want him. Uh, So there is benefit to it. But, you know, at some point you do have to you know, shit or get off the pot if you want to be a goalie. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and when you get older and you stop growing, you don't need a you don't need more than one new set of pads uh, a season. So. Hey, I went twenty one years with the same <laughs> set, uh, so it, you, it, this is true. I, I wish I could remember what the brand. And they're actually in my garage right now because my my wife's uncle uh, was a goalie, like he he really good goalie, and uh, her his son uh, like was uh, I remember he. WHL uh like he was trying out for WHL team so he, he he had some skills and he he's the one that gave me these goalie pads and they're the most ridiculous like they're not new and modern like they're literally yeah. there's they're so wide he's like oh these are oversized they'll help you stop pucks I don't think they're legal to be honest with you but I I mean they worked for me for my five games so oh my, my stuff that I replaced uh last November it would have never passed today's standards the glove was known as like one of the biggest gloves they ever made <laughs> uh, in fact, last night, one of the uh, pucks that got by me, I even said to myself, if I, if I was wearing my old T4000, I have that puck. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was that big, it, you know, and that, that was one of the things I was worried most about with getting the new stuff was the stuff's narrower, the gloves smaller. 
um, how, how am I going to react? I, I've adjusted nicely and my knees are thankful. <laughs> um, and, and there's not as many leather straps on the back of my uh, pads. I, I did go with two just for nostalgic reasons, but uh, yeah, it's, I'm liking it. But Nick, thank you for giving me 90 minutes of your time. Oh, no, um, my pleasure. I, I know we, we could probably keep talking. I'm sure we're probably going to coordinate uh, seeing each other when you're in Minnesota here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. We're probably going to be at the rink anyway. You'll probably yeah. be cleaning things up Sunday night to, as I'm getting there. Because I'm that goalie. I still get to the rink an hour before my games. So Okay. I'll, if I'm not, I'll, I'll stick around and at least say hi if that's, if yeah. that's all we get to each other. So I, I do appreciate you having us on here, and I appreciate you uh, – you know, be, being part of uh, what we're trying to build with the BLPA. And, and uh, as always, anything I can do to help, uh, you just let me know and I'll keep doing your thing. And obviously I'm not an, an actual goalie. Just those five games <laughs> no. doesn't qualify hey. me. So you keep being the goalie's voice and I'll, I'll keep playing the villain if that's what y'all hey, you all You've put the pads on, you've tried it. Uh, and, and the other thing too is you aren't just after one game. Like, no, you're like, well, let, let me give it, you know, well, no, the I won. good college I, try. I won the first two. It was the one after I lost. I didn't want to play. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Like last night, we just got shelled. The, the team we played, they had some new blood on it. They were fast and their passing was crisp. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't like they were beating me on. Well, they were beating me on the first shot, but it wasn't the easy shot. It was the yeah. cross ice, you know. Can, I can only stretch so much and I can do the split. So that's saying something. Yeah. But I was like, okay, but. After the game, it's like, all right, guys. Well, that was fun. I'm just a little upset nobody remembered beer in week one of the new yeah. season. Well, yeah, like, that's not a good team. Get out of that one. Yeah, I mean, it, we didn't score our, la- our only goal until like 90 seconds left in the game. But, cool. you know, I, after the second period, it was already out of hand. I looked at the guys like, hey, as long as nobody has a heart attack in this last period, it's a victory, boys. And, and that's what it's all about. We're, this this brings a question that, that I, I guess I can ask you as a goalie because I like I'm not an official goalie, so I can't answer it. You're getting beat, whatever. You're up. You're down ten to zero. Mm-hmm. Would you rather players keep coming in and shooting on you, or would you rather them take their foot off the gas and just dump it in the corner and play out the game? It depends on the game. Um, you know, there's been times where you know we're we're down like eight to one win game, and I, I just make a nice save, and this guy looks at me, he's like, dude. Let me get one here. And I, I mm-hmm. told him, I was like, look at the scoreboard. Like, you guys already have a few. You know, those are the games where I, I think I stopped, like, 54 shots that game. And we lost, like, 8-1, to 8-2 to one, eight to two or something. And it's like, those games, I'm despite what the scoreboard says, I'm in a zone, keep them coming. But like, last night's game, they were coming down on a three-on-one with 30 seconds left. And I knew they were going to do the cross-ice pass. So I'm like, just take the shot. Don't don't go yeah. for the the pretty setup. Luckily, the guy missed the pass, and but it was like, look at the scoreboard. Yeah, look I where just, you're at in the game. I mean, well, I just I didn't like. I mean, there's there's one I remember. Uh, we were playing in Ann Arbor, and our team was clearly way better than the other team. And I, this guy, we're up seven goals or something. It's last minute of the game. A guy comes in and tries to dangle, and I just poke the the like the puck off a stick, and it's at it's at their blue line and I look up and it's just me and the goalie and he's, he sets up and I'm like, am I, am I supposed to go shoot on him? Like, I, I don't know yeah. what to do. And so I go down there and I'm not even like, I don't make a move. Like I just, yeah, I, I just shoot it like glove, like top corner. And I go bar down, which 
that doesn't happen. Like it's not like <laughs> where it just it just happened to be that way. Yeah. But then I'm like, am I a dick because I just did this to this guy, and or am I not? But he did square up. Like we made eye contact. Yeah. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? But then I see goalies that that are maybe lower, less less skilled, and then people will come down and they'll just skate out of the net and be like, just have it. And it's just like that's kind of a dick move on the goalie. Like, yeah. You know? I mean, and maybe that's where not being a beginner goalie is. It might sound a little cocky, but, you know, I played competitive for a while, yeah. uh, you know, at a decent level. And through that, you learn through adversity. Um, you know, to your point, you were talking about when you were umping and you talked to the other coach who was an old teammate of yours, like, hey, how about you let off? Well, that's not how we were brought up. So yeah. coming up through the ranks where teams didn't do that, like, you learn how to deal with it. and. Yeah. In those games, you know, as a beer leaguer now, I don't focus on the final score. I, I kind of chop it up into two-minute games. And I'm like, all right. Or in a game like last night, let's just stop the next shot. Yeah, that's it. That's you good, know. That's yeah. I guess it's – and it always, it's the person too, right? But I always yeah. – we always say, like, running up the score, running up the score. And, and you know, I, I'll say, well, like, it's kind of a – it's kind of shitty to have someone just stop playing. Right. You know, like, well, oh, you're not good enough to even – to, to have this guy play me like what's what's going on right and, and like you said too it's the player too i mean there's the guys in our league that they're playing down because they like the group they play with i mean mm -hmm. that that was yeah. me when i first started skating with this team i i didn't belong in the league but you know i like the group yeah. so i did um one of my teammates from college he was on the team he was pretty good forward but he only played defense um but if it if we needed a goal late in the game because we were behind, he'd get us one. But if he were the one to make that poke check move and then go in and go bar down, that's kind of a dick move. Yeah. But it's it's knowing the player. I mean, we, there's games where we're getting blown out, but they have that one guy on the team that can barely skate, and then he gets the shot, you know, chance to take a shot. That's different. Like he's trying. Yeah. Because sure. he doesn't get that's his skill level. Yeah. But if if it's the clear ringer, you know, then it's like, come on, dude. Like yeah. cycle yeah, the puck, sure. move it around. Um, it, it's all situational. In yeah, my and I was say like, he's their goalies. Like they want to see, they want to see pucks. Like they, yeah, if they, if they rob you, you're up eight to one, and they they have a glow save and they windmill it and then kiss the puck and give it back to you. They're gonna remember that one. Yeah, uh, not those other ten they let in. Right. Well, I so. made a sweet glove save last night. It was one of those where just a guy got the. It was the. I was on my right side and. They pass it out to the left, and the guy shot, and I just made that nice stretching. Uh, I didn't do the full windmill, but it was the stretch and, you know, had to posterize it almost, the Statue of Liberty, we used to call it, where you just kind of hold it yeah, out there. No, that's, um, I think the windmill is needs to be used more in beer league. I need to see yeah. more windmill. Like, if you're going to make the save, let, oh, me yeah. you made it. let me know you made yeah. it. Just wrap it around. I don't care. Or well, if you're on my team, I tell my goalies that all the time. Windmill, I, let's see it. I'm known for stacking the pads, too. You know, it's like, if I'm going to play beer league, I'm going to stack the pads. And <laughs> it's funny when my, my teammates, they've gotten used to it. And I'm playing with this group for, I think, six years now. And they still love it every time I do it. Yeah, but even no, when I, I do it against it. other teams and just stone somebody, like, they love it. Like, yeah, like, they, like you, they, you see like a Tim Thomas, like Patrick Wall. Yeah. Like, when those guys did it, like, I, I like to see that. I want to see personality in that. And if you got to stack them, if you got to windmill it, let's see. Yeah. More goalie personality is where it's at. Yeah. So, well, again, it's getting late. Uh, we've been talking a while, so 
uh, I, I know you've had a long travel day. I'll, I'll let you get some rest and uh, we'll be in touch and I'll probably see you here in a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks, Joe. Hey, thank you for All having right. me and uh, keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Thank you. All right. Have a good one, Nick. Hey, thanks. I've known Nick for some time because of this podcast. He actually helped answer some questions as I was working on launching it. So in a way, without him, there's a chance we're not at episode 88 of Tendy Talk. Because I've known him so long, I knew much of his gripe with goalies has always been to get a conversation going and and to drive engagement. And you know what? It's worked. Be sure to follow Nick on Instagram and Twitter at TheNickerJones and follow the BLPA on all platforms at the BLPA. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content. My Beer League hockey video highlights, although there haven't been many highlights of late, and of course, all podcast episodes. You can also find the link to my October Saves dashboard in case you would like to donate money to their great cause. If you want some wash-up goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website. If you liked this podcast with Nick, go listen to his show, The BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many lists here, but shows like the Sporty Podcast, the Brew and Bruins Podcast, and the Straight Up Sabres Podcast can all be found. If you're looking for something good to read instead of listen to, get yourself a subscription to Vintage Tendy Magazine. Published quarterly, the magazine takes a deep dive into a goalie from the 80s or 90s era, with the first five issues covering such legends as Felix Potvin, Grant Fuhr, Tim Shoveldate, Jocelyn Tebow, Ken Reggett, John Van Beesbrook, and episode 20 guest, mask painter and designer Don Strauss. I need to thank the band Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my episodes. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up more goalies to talk to. It's becoming harder and harder these days. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. And let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.
today? Funny you ask. I was just down there this morning. Yeah, any good news? Well, Dave, the pond? Yeah. It's froze right over.